Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, they are the home of our robot shade overlords. All hail. All hail, that's right. Automated shades provide a safer environment for children and pets due to their cordless nature. Hey, and guess what? Those programmable features... They allow you to use heating or cooling only when you need it, maximizing your home's energy efficiency. So your robot shade overlords will bring you energy efficiency and increased safety. It's better for all. Submit now. Resistance is futile. Wow. I think they might take money back for the Star Trek (laughs) reference. (laughs) Go visit our friends at Budget Blinds right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason next to you. All hail. Hello and welcome to this Friday Conversation edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We're going to do things a little differently today. I it's brought, a change. It's a change. I brought Jason Norbury in on a Friday. You allowed me to come in on Friday because I usually when you record these, I'm outside the studio like banging on the door, That's begging true. to come in, and you're like, "No, only yeah. Wednesdays for you." Well, I had to put the muzzle on you on Wednesday because we just did. We let we let Hubert Nath take over and just read one of his awesome I, poems. I'm going to say this for the record. By by all means, that was the right choice. But I'm still a little hurt. Well, you know. <laughs> I had Jason come back in because I thought it would be fun to to finish out the last episode of this year, talking about some of our, what we think are maybe the favorites or the top stories from 2019. Just a quick little year in review for everyone as we look forward. And then, coming up next Wednesday, we're going to look ahead and we're going to have a, a conversation about some of the big stories we're looking forward to in 2020. Although I think, given the list that we put up here, there's a little bit of that in there as well. But I think also, well, yeah, some of these aren't done. Some of these stories aren't done yet, right? Some of these stories aren't done, but we're we're gonna move through that. So, Nick, why don't you start us off? All right, I'll do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with something. I think this is this is an easy. It's a gimme, and it's near and dear to both of our hearts. Downtown Lee Summit Main Street celebrated its 30th anniversary this year. And it did more than just celebrate that, which we did. We did a, we did a bit of celebration. We had a whole big 30th anniversary thing. But it, it, it did that. It capped it off by winning an, a national award, a great neighborhood award from, I believe it's the National Park Service. Uh, the Planning Association. American Planning Association. My apologies. And, and we, there were pictures of the executive director, Donnie Rogers. Hi, Donnie. I know you love it when we mention you on air. Uh, I kind of wish we had a, had a remote camera so we yeah. could just like put it on him and really yeah. make him be on air. Yeah. But uh, he, he was in D.C., got the award. Uh, there's now a mural on the side of one of our buildings downtown to celebrate that. It's a big deal. Um, so not only are they we've, – we've been doing this for 30 years. In downtown, and I say we because both Nick and I have served on the board and and have been downtown businesses um, involved in that whole process, and that's good. And downtown still is making progress. We, you know, it's a marketing thing to call it the heart of the city because of the the Hartley Heart and stuff, but it's it, it's kind of true that this is this is the hub of activity. This is where, this is where a lot of things go. And if you're down here on in the evenings. Especially like a Thursday through Saturday, it is packed. It is full of people. And honestly, let's be clear, it is the heart of the city because when we, whenever you look at the city's marketing materials, they are not showing you the 470 uh, interchange at Colburn Road 
uh, on their on the cover of the of that. They are they're showing you downtown and stuff around downtown is is what really did this. And the downtown district is still recording uh, increasing sales every year, despite there being sort of a national drop in retail sales. So the, our downtown continues to thrive and excel thirty years on. There we go, Jason. I got to steal the easy one. What was a favorite story for you? During the last year. All right. Well, I'm a big old. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go bring us down a little. Well, at least for my end of things, down. I think that there's some. Uh, some big. Uh, I think we'll call it housing. Uh, stories from this last year. There were a couple of big projects that that got. Uh, rejected by the city council. One is the Alera project, which got rejected in uh, early, early in the year. And then there was an apartment development proposal or proposal for an apartment development at Blackwell and 50 highway that also got shot down. Both of these brought, you know, well, one brought multifamily housing and the other brought a different mix of housing to the area. And it was very clear that uh, neighboring residents as well as, um, What's the what are the people the city council had a discomfort with those kinds of changes and shifts? How could you forget the name of the body that sits up on the dais that we get to talk about every week? Because those aren't the words we use when we're <laughs> off air. And uh, no, it just uh, but the city council did that as a whole, and I I think that that's there's some tension about that. Like there there's an obvious need. We've had studies, and note that predates 2019. We have market reports that the the nature of housing is shifting. That there's a demand. Uh, the developer who proposed the Alera project and then the follow-up project that came in has noted that there is a gap in the market that they're trying to fill and their attempts to reach into that gap have met with, I I would say, a fair bit of resistance uh, from the city council as it goes. So we're going to, this, this is one of those stories, while these projects in question are, are not in the future, these kinds of developments, these questions that we're having about What's the right kind of housing mix? What price points do we need to be at? Are we serving you know the whole community? Our questions are going to be coming up again and again, and I guarantee you we'll be seeing this in 2020 and beyond. Well, and one of them we did see come back, the uh, the, the Alera project came back in a different form based on right based on discussions and feedback from both both the public and from city council. So we're gonna we're gonna stay on this, and I know Jason, this has been a a, a special topic for you since we started this. This 286 episodes ago, or wherever, whatever number we're at now, that that you've wanted to talk about talk about housing, and you, and because of your perch on the planning commission, you've seen kind of that debate happen firsthand. Right, and 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 we're we are in a better place now than we were. I mean, 10 years ago. I mean, I remember when I first uh, was sort of getting involved and lived in Lee Summit. There was a recall, uh, attempted recall of a city council person because they voted to put a moratorium on building duplexes. So we've we've had some, you know, there there those conversations have been there. We're not quite to that level of fight anymore and, and the 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 ground upon which we're talking has shifted, but I think there's a long way to go and I think that we haven't yet gotten to the point where we have answers about how Lee Summit as a community is going to address the future of housing and housing demand as we go forward. We will keep an eye on that one, and I'm sure it's. I'm sure, I'm sure. I know it's a topic that we're gonna we're gonna come back to throughout the coming months. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another kind of. This one's maybe still a little bit downer, but just what we want. I want to make note of that we we lost in the community a former city council member, Diane Seif, a longtime member of the community and a a member of the Lee Summit City Council, passed away last year. She did. Uh, she was. I, you know that she did a lot of things in the community over the course of her life. But as before, uh, 
as she was on that last leg right before the election, she she did cast a a, a very important vote um, in in that whole process about uh, when to do the budget raise for the uh, for the firefighters and the other representative groups, represented groups, the police and the the public works the union in that whole process about when that was. And you remember we had a lot of conversation in that. That was a couple of years ago now, but we had a lot of conversation about, you know, when the right time to do that. Are we having those kinds of conversations? She seemed to be on the side of grant the the raises now, you know, that and then at the very end when the last vote before it really became a thing, uh, she switched her vote and uh, and prevented that from going forward at that moment without – taking the corresponding address for like how to pay for it. Part of it is. So that was a big vote and it probably played uh, some role in her loss for reelection. And then we, unfortunately we did lose her this last year. um, And, and we appreciate the work she did for the city and for the community as a whole. All right, we're going to move on. I'm going to go to another housing topic because you know, Hashtag stay on brand, right? But this one's a positive <laughs> one. This is a good one. Um, I think at long last, we finally got approval for and and final financing and all the thing, and we're about to start construction on downtown apartments. Um, this, well, well, first, before the construction, the destruction. The destruction. Um, so this is the apartment proposal that is set on the grounds of what is now the former Lee Summit United Methodist Church, or the Summit Church, as they have rebranded over time. Um, they moved out west. They... After uh, the land was on the market for like what six years or something like that, probably about like that. that, yeah. Um, and it, it sold. Uh, this came through. There's been a you know ever since 2004, there's been a call for more housing in downtown. Um, the big question that came through this one, and I think that the the step that was made is the um, the financing piece of this. They requested because they have to build a parking structure on site to handle all the cars that they're generating, uh, will be generating. They asked for a significant amount of uh, TIF and other kinds of tax incentives, which the city council really had never given for, especially TIF for a residential development of any sort. And, and granting that was very contentious. It got voted, it had a recommendation of no from the TIF commission. So that required a super majority. Uh, and, and then it just barely passed through. And we have one of our council members to thank. Um, and he, he made kind of a point for himself at the end of that. Well, and I think, Jason, you know, we talk a lot about process on the show. And I, mm-hmm. think, I think on that topic, we really, we really saw how the process was supposed to work. And that included... Like you said, it included the, the the commissions that are appointed by mayor. It included the city council. It included public comments, and there was a lot of involvement at all levels to finally get through to through the end of the process, which was approval for this project to, right. to, and to happen. You go back even farther when the when this proposal when this complex was first proposed. Their first proposal, although there was never I don't think pictures of it, was included the the demolition of the historic church building right. uh, there at the corner of Second and Douglas, and and that met with a lot of resistance from the city council and the neighborhood um, and people in who love downtown and the historic nature of it, and they came back in with a proposal that it kept that building. Um, that that piece there on the corner. The nice and, thing and was that didn't work. really take very long. Is, is that was a pretty quick. Hey, we hear this voice. We realize how important it is, and they made the change and brought it back relatively quickly. That was not a slow process. No, it was not a slow process. I mean, you could 
you know, you want to be cynical about things, you could say <laughs> that maybe that was part of their plan to begin with. But they did. They, they We had that public input at the very beginning. There was a lot of public input as that went along. Um, we had lots of public input at the TIF Commission with their decisions that came forth with the interests that are represented there. And a lot, a lot of public comment at the city council level um, where that stuff came through at that point as well. So there was, it's a good piece, I think pro and con, right? We had people on, you know, I hate to use the phrase both sides, but we did have people who were in in favor and against it. And and it it took, I think, a brave vote by uh, the city council to override. It had required a super majority. So we had to get to six of the nine on the dais. Um, And the, as, as I recall, the one vote that was in question at the back end of it was council member faith. And he gave him, gave a, I think a fairly comprehensive and, and I don't know, stirring is not quite the right word, but clear speech about what he thought about it and how he went through his process, um, laid that out there and then cast the deciding vote in favor of the project as it was going through. So good on the city council and good on the city for working that through that process. And by the way, also Yay, downtown apartments. <laughs> well, I'm going to stay on on topic a little bit. There's a, a another story that is related because this project includes a piece of land across the street from the former church, which is now currently the home of our downtown Lee Summit Farmer's Market. Correct. For a long time, probably as long as we've been talking about I believe adding residential, we've at- been talking about a new home. For the farmers market, you and, look you look at that 2004 master yeah. plan. There's a there's a farmers market pavilion on it, right? So, it turns out we are finally maybe moving forward with that. Uh, the mayor, Mayor Bill Baird, at his last state of the city address in September, publicly announced that the city is working to purchase land across Green Street from City Hall, and that will be the home of several things. But most importantly, for for me. The biggest part of the story, a new permanent home, bigger home, better home for the downtown Lee Summit Farmers Market. Yeah, and I, and this is one of those things on a personal level that I've been arguing and fighting for for a decade, literally, um, as we've as we've gone through downtown, and and I think it's a it's a really important piece to become through. And and I've been working, you know, quietly in the background for a lot of that time frame and stuff that I can't say out loud, you know, couldn't talk about publicly as well. So it was good for, I think is a good sign, hopefully, uh, that the mayor felt confident enough about getting this moving forward, that he was willing to put that in the state of the city address. Um, and, you know, he put some pressure on himself to make sure it delivers. Uh, well, I think that's one of the things that you and I have talked about both both publicly in front of the mic and and, and and we've turned off the mics, is that we were kind of waiting for somebody on that dais Someone, whether it's the mayor or council members, to to step forward and kind of make that bold and out that bold risk, right? right? To to pull the trigger and say we're going to make this happen, and and the mayor did it, right? And we are once again six years on from a, a bond issue to help fund some of that, and we'll we'll. That money, I think, has all been collected at this point, so it'll it'll be there for us when we're when we're ready to go forward with it. But in the end, I think this is something that's really um, that's a really important piece that. This is going to be a fun one to watch because it, this will truly be – the plan for it is to truly be a public-private partnership. And the idea is that some of those those pieces will actually be be sold to private developers to develop different aspects of this this kind of – this hub of activity for, for downtown. It's going to have a performing arts space. There might be some more retail. There might be some more office space. There's There's been talk about maybe a little boutique hotel. So it's going to be interesting, I think, for us to watch – 
and see how it's put together and what the development community's response to it is. I mean, let's be honest, that's that's, that's where the and, money comes from. In the end, some uh, developer's uh, going to want to write a check. Right, that's, that's right. So I, I, it's going to be really interesting to, to, to watch this process and then, and then see it develop and, and finally see that – that new, better home for the farmer's market and a, and a true downtown performing arts space happen. Yep. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go back to one that's maybe a little bit less fun for everybody. But I think in 2019, we saw the the uh, outcome, I guess, of the first wave of the equity plan and then the uh, R7 school district. Uh, I really didn't think this is where you were going to go. Oh, uh, well. Uh, terminated the contract of yet another superintendent. Uh, Dennis Carpenter uh, had his contract uh, mutually terminated. We should put that in there, and uh, and and they technically begun- it was a resignation. Sure, we call it whatever we want to do. That let me let me put it this way: there was an agreement to name him not be the superintendent anymore, and some checks are being written. So we can call it whatever we want. There we go. Yeah, that's good radio right there. <laughs> Nick miming check writing on there. Uh, so uh, this is this is one look. This got I think. And probably the most important story in my book that we did, we covered last year, was the the breakdown of the whole process. There were uh, racist things. That's the best word you could use. Right. There was a lot of, there's a lot of pushback from the school board and some community members on the, the need for the equity plan or the focus of the, and the focus of the equity plan. There was an election that sort of shifted the balance on the school board. Uh, there were there was literal actual racism flung forward from the dais uh, um, in the process of going through that. There was a lot of recrimination as a result of that. Um, and then I think that that was sort of the public facing of the breakdown that eventually led what I would call the sort of inevitable uh, end mutual mutual end of of the uh, time for Superintendent Carpenter with the district. I, I, the word that you used there, breakdown, I think that's that's what I'm going to keep focusing on, is it was a total breakdown of the system, the process, however you want to talk about it, because I focus a lot on the school board, Jason. When you and I talk, I talk about the, the role, of, role of the board, and I think we forgot what that role was supposed to be. And in that when it when they pushed back with those questioning of whether the you know equity plan is needed whether that mission is 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 they forgot that it had already been it had already been included right this was the plan all along and and so i think it the the train was derailed and we ended up talking about a hundred other things that 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 weren't even on topic. Does that make sense? It does. And and keep and I, in mind, even with all of that, the equity plan uh, is still here. Marches on. the The consultants are still in their first year of doing work, and they've had a couple of sort of pronouncements of work that they've done as it's gone through that. And I think that the ongoing face of the equity plan, as well as uh, another issue that's coming up here that we'll talk about um, coming through, is going to be one of the key questions that needs to be asked. In the uh, in the 2020 run up to the 2020 school board elections, is there three of the seven seats are up, and only uh, as of now, as of right now, only one incumbent has filed for re-election. So there's some real um, there's going to be some significant potential for significant change in that, and those questions are the ones that are really going to be pertinent as we go forward. And I will say this: I, I, hopefully, when it comes back around, because those questions do have to be asked, and it's going to be part of the election process. But is that we can maybe finally get around to a discussion of of equity instead of spending all our time talking about equality, 
and avoiding and avoiding the real discussions because frankly i think there were a lot of people who were just too scared of being called a racist and that they couldn't get to the real conversations and so we avoided a lot of things i think during this whole thing so it was i'm going to say it again jason don't repeat your word it was a breakdown of process and conversation absolutely and and hopefully you know, I think we've learned something, you and I, through that process last year uh, about how to cover these things and questions that need to be asked and followed up on. Uh, and hopefully we can help um, in, in our small role, but I'm a very small role Tiny. In, the, uh, in the process. But I also hope that people have learned a little bit more about how to address these issues and, and be honest with them. They're not easy. They're not the simplest things to be dealt with, but they do need to be addressed. All right, Jason, I'm going to get to the, the topic I thought you were going to go to. You, you had that little gleam in your eye that you were going to say something exciting. Instead, you went with the, the equity topic. Mm-hmm. Big news of 2019. This is back in downtown, by the way. Hand in glove finally opened after I, mean, I think it was about twelve years of development. No, actually, I believe that uh, Mr. Struther in the town of Struther actually had hand in glove as a restaurant or as a bar idea in the original downtown town of Struther plan in eight, like eighteen sixty five. I heard he didn't have the right marble. So yeah, and he had to, and it takes a long time post Civil War, you know, uh, to uh, ship marble from Italy, the right part of Italy over. But thank goodness that Shane Veritasi and family have. Uh, have put forth the effort to bring the original 1865 plan of Mr. Struther forward in there. And yeah, it took, I, I think even the Veritasi's involvement was something along the lines of 60 or 70 years long. Right. And, and really congratulations to you guys for sticking to your vision and getting that open and bringing us. I think this is the key thing for you and I, it's boozy coffee yeah. that we really need. And we're glad that it was a need. I didn't know I had, and there it was, and it filled the need. A little piece of my little piece of my heart. So a good on you, and a thank you to Shane Veritasi, Meredith Veritasi, for sticking to the historic vision, the first strategic plan of the town of Struther. And and, and I do, and happen. I look forward to their next uh, their next space opening sometime in twenty two twenty five. Uh, when they get that open for the, that time around. So get, get on the Veritasis and, and congratulations to Hand and Glove for getting open. And I think being kind of a runaway success for what it is at this point. I agree. Hey, I want to make note of, of another uh, small business owner here in town. If you guys don't know about this, Burnt Figure Barbecue, Jason and Megan Day, they're right here, right here in Lee Summit. And Megan Day had a banner year all through 2019, she was featured in Sutherland Living Magazine. She was on the HSN Food Show. So, look, this is awesome. If you haven't had any of their food, you need to. Go get it. It's worth it. And it's very good, well done, well packaged. And let's be clear, you know, she has a face for television, unlike you and I. Um, and so probably it looks good in magazines and on, on TV shows, which I'm sure is the only reason that you and I are not – have our own TV show and in magazines all the time is because, well, who wants to look at us? I mean, yeah. to be honest, yeah, that's true. That's why we do podcasts. Wait a minute. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I'm going to give it to you because there is one more, I think huge story that is going to keep going. We alluded that some of these are, 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 are going to keep going into the new year. I think, I think this is, this is the big one as we change from 19 to 20. Right. Um, the big one coming forward is the, the school board has, uh, had their initial meeting to discuss and get information on. And it looks like in the first part of 2020, they're going to vote to put a, a very large, I think the largest in history uh, that we know of in, in the history of the district bond well, the issue. State. 
in the state. Wow, even bigger uh, in the state to build um, a bunch of new, you know, new buildings, do a lot of rehab, a lot of things. We've covered this on the show before. There's some questions still as to what things they're going to put on the bond issue. You know, that that's not clear, um, at least 100% clear. Yet. Well, and that decision won't be made until January, until right. the new year. But I think the fact that the initial ask was made and we kind of knew it was coming. That right. makes that makes it a big story for this year. We know that we know that there's that piece out there, so it'll be interesting to see how that comes along. But um, that bond issue is coming, and I think that that's going to really, really, really drive the the conversation around the school board elections um, as well. So there's going to be the election for the bond issue that we'll all get to vote on, but there's also I think that will have a huge impact on on the school board elections and the school board's conversations as it goes forward. And so we're we're going to dig into that and uh, and we'll see there but there's a lot of stuff in there including, right? Built into this is the the concept that we're going to move they're going to move the 6th graders out of the elementary schools into the middle schools as they build that 4th middle school coming in. You know, they're aiming at 22-23 school year. So Right. And we'll 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 dig in and talk more about the details and and maybe a little analysis on on how the move would would affect things or could affect things is probably a better way to say it. So we'll we'll get there. As we dig in, but that's that's another big story coming out of 2019. Jason, I I realize I lied. You did. You there's you, one you, mis- you misled our audience. There is one more major headline from 2019, and, like, and, that, and that I is don't this. think I don't think you you we have not sold this enough. I don't think we understand the people understand how important and ongoing. Right. This is perhaps maybe even a perpetual story. This is a story that will be with us. Oh no! It's going to be decided. We're, oh, we are going to come to a decision. There point will be a conclusion made, a major conclusion. And look, we all know what the answer is going to be. Made. I'm hoping we can have this done by April, by the end of April. But Jason, somebody dared tell us oh, that, that you clear. that you were wrong. I started this. <laughs> well, that's true. But some some uh, friends of the show dared to say that we were wrong. And have started a food fight. And we will we will So here's the major headline. We will win. Tacos versus burgers. What's the higher ceiling? I mean, clearly, tacos. I mean, we are we are unabashedly team taco. Well, that's true. And uh and, and and I'm not saying remember, this is the key part here. I'm not saying burgers are bad. I'm just saying there's an as a food form, tacos have a higher ceiling. Well, I, I'm gonna say this. It is the more versatile of the foods, right? Right. You can do more. Op, you have more options. The ceiling of, of, of greatness is higher. Uh-huh. But I understand that there are Heretics. three people. Heretics. Three, by the way. Three that I have found that are on the burger. Heretics. We're going to have it decided. So stay tuned. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep this up. Stay tuned and keep those boys from Fossil Forge and Local Foundry in line. Let them know they're wrong. But we're going to have this decided, and it's going to be a public battle. We're going to taco Sherman through their burger, Georgia. There That's we what go. I'm saying. That's going to happen in April, so stay tuned. The fight will continue, and the fight will be won. All right, there you have it. Those are at least about 10 of our top stories, including some really, really important information about tacos. <laughs> uh, from 2019 uh y'all have a a safe and productive holiday and and i know you'll hear from us again before the first of the year but uh but do have a a healthy and happy new year as well and and we wish the best for you we will talk to everyone on monday
You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2LeeSummit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.